Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard live via TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now the Two Live Stews Radio Network. You can download the HBCU Report on demand via Google Play for Android and iTunes. We're powered by our content partners, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Log on to sportsnewsandbrews.com right now. Rob Calloway back. Man, I was trying to figure out when was the the last airing of the HBCU report, and it was actually the week of um, the Honda Battle of the Bands. Back in the winter, what was that? The end of January, beginning of February, something like that. But anyway, we're back better than ever, as I like to say. Uh, Getting you ready for another great season of action. Of course, this is week three of the college football season. A lot of stuff been going on with your boy. So don't don't get me my my boy, Big Mike, um, from One Mike with Big Mike right here on Spreaker.com. Actually, I was teasing me. He was like, so when the show coming back? I was like, this week. He was like, the season already started, though. I'm like, yeah, I know. He just sent me back a message. Hashtag black people. Well, you know, it is what it is. And uh, if you haven't checked out One Mike with Big Mike, you got to make sure you check him out. Um, I forget what days. Oh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Is that it? Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You got to make sure you check him out at 7 o'clock uh, right here on Spreaker.com. But uh, anyway, like I said, a lot, a lot of things been going on in my, in my world, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, uh, since, since I last joined you, uh, you know, I've transitioned, you know, I've got this whole, uh, radio thing out of my blood, except for this, you know, I, I said, if I was uh, going to continue to do something in radio, it was going to have to be something for me. And so, uh, this HBCU report, uh, is something that's near and dear to me. Been doing this for five years. For those of you, uh, just hearing the HBCU for the very first time, uh, because of the, uh, massive number of of our listeners that we have right here on the two live stews radio network. I've been doing this show for about five years, started doing it, uh, 1380 WAOK in Atlanta. Um, and you know, this is something that's near and dear to me. I started doing this show, um, after another situation I had, uh, uh, went awry. And, uh, you know, again, this is mine and this is something that I'm passionate about. Uh, but you know, the whole radio thing, I was able to kind of get it out of my blood and, um, you know, I've transitioned into the classroom now where I'm actually teaching audio video broadcasting, uh, where they actually call it audio video technology and film. Uh, but I'm doing that now uh, in, the, in the DeKalb County School District here in uh, Metro Atlanta. And so, you know, just a lot of stuff been going on. And it's a lot of work trying to train up the next generation of young uh, broadcasters and industry professionals is a lot. But, you know, I'm making it happen. Uh, but I definitely had to uh, still take time out uh, to be able to represent for all the HBCUs uh, throughout the country, especially mine, my beloved ASU, the real ASU, that is the Alabama State University, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Shouts out to them. Shouts out to uh, Coach Brian Jenkins. They say my boy is on the hot seat. <laughs> you damn right. You got to win some games, Coach. We got to win this classic coming up. Uh, in October as well. It could be it. This could be it. I'm just saying, man, you know, they don't play about that. Uh, But again, a lot of stuff been going on in the world of uh, HBCU sports uh, since the last time I joined you. I think that one of the biggest things uh, that happened, that was kind of a shocker to me was 
Uh, the fact that um, the SWAC decided to do away with the uh, SWAC football championship, uh, a game that at one point I used to really look forward to. It used to be in Birmingham, but then for, for some reason or another, uh, they decided it, uh, they decided they wanted to move it to uh, Houston. And so I, I don't really know because Houston is not the hotbed for the SWAC. I mean, if you ask me, uh, as somebody that, that lived the swag, breathed the swag, all that great stuff, uh, Alabama is the place that you want to do that. So uh, I never uh, never did, or let me say I wasn't fortunate enough uh, to actually attend the swag football championship once it moved over to Houston. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. The MEAC doesn't have a, a football championship either, so I guess uh, it kind of, kind of makes it even. And, of course, that's all a part of, of this Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl thing that we have here in Atlanta where we crown um, – well, they say you don't call it the the HBCU national champion, but in in all regards, that's where that's really what it is. You're not the celebration bowl champion. I mean, you know, I love my division twos, but the real deal is if you win the celebration bowl, in my opinion, you are the HBCU national champion. And again, you know, you got a lot of great teams out there in division two. You got Tuskegee uh, in the SIAC. And the CIAA, of course, you know, Winston-Salem State is always a mainstay. Uh, then you got teams uh, that that on the uptick, like uh, uh, Virginia State University, uh, who they've won 11 games going back to last year. They're currently 2-0, and uh, and they're not the only ones. Uh, Bowie State is is another team, 2-0 um, in, the, in the CIAA right now. And so uh, no disrespect to them, but when you're on the FCS level, you know, I, I think that whoever wins that, uh, celebration bowl should be crowned the HBCU national champion until a better system can be put in place. And we've talked about many systems right here on the HBCU report. And we are being heard via uh, tune in iHeartRadio and the two life Studios radio network. Don't forget. You can download the HBCU report on demand via Google play for Android and iTunes. But yeah, um, We've talked about many scenarios, including a college football playoff, something similar to what they do at the FBS level right now, just so that everybody can kind of get their panties out of a bunch. Shouts out to Grambling State University and and Broderick Fobbs. Uh, They've been doing some phenomenal things over there at Grambling State University. Um, Last year's Celebration Bowl, I know I I talked about it, but I just have to, since this is the official kickoff of the HBCU report, I got to give you my own perspective. Celebration Bowl is awesome. You know, only thing, my only thing about the Celebration Bowl, and I'll say this to John Grant, I'll say this to ESPN, I'll say this to anybody that listens. It's an HBCU game. Stop trying to make it like the national championship, like the big boy. Because the thing that makes HBCU games special, classics especially, is that classic feeling, that camaraderie ship, not all of this uh, corporate brouhaha, if you will. It still needs to have that classic feel. You know, and I know ESPN, they have boots on the ground in Birmingham for the Magic City Classic. They have boots on the ground for the Florida Classic. They have boots on the ground for the uh, the MEAC SWAC uh, 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 Challenge to kick off the season. They have boots on the ground everywhere, so they see these great, great, great events happen right before their eyes. The Bayou Classic, which, of course, is aired on NBC Sports. Another huge classic. You know, they're huge for a reason. Like, 
for those of you that don't know, Super Bowls, national championship games, a lot of these, uh, well, now, now it's the college football playoff, but a lot of these top-tier bowl games, a lot of the people that end up filling these seats are people that work for corporate sponsors. See, the HBCU thing is completely different. It's completely different. Like, you know, it's great to have the corporate sponsor to come in to put the dollars behind the product. But the God honest truth is whether the, 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 the funding was there or not, the fun time, the good times are still go roll period. That's the special part of the whole HBCU experience and, 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 and games that are on the, on the big stage. Like, like I said, like the classics and, and like this, um, uh, Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. Like, like I like how they do it. They operate really well. Everything runs like a well-oiled machine. So I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on that because that part is excellent. But you have to incorporate some of the HBCU magic, if you will. You have to. Like the weekend has to be huge. It has to have more of the the pageantry and and more of the camaraderie and all, all that great stuff because he in, in games like this the the thing that makes it different versus like a classic like a Bama State and Alabama A&M or a Grambling State and a Southern University is that those are built-in rivalries in those classics so for a game like the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl you don't have that built-in rivalry. Like North Carolina Central University and Grambling State are not traditional rivals. So in order to really be able to sell this thing and, and, and make it all HBCU inclusive, because you don't want to just depend on the alumni of the two schools that are playing in the game, because God forbid, like Arkansas Pine Bluff and Delaware State end up meeting in the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl, then what are you going to do? Those fan bases are not going to travel. They're not going to fill up that new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that big, beautiful stadium down on the west side of Atlanta. They're not going to fill that up. You have to, You look, this is what I was saying while I was at the game. I was saying to myself, man, it would be so awesome if every school had their own section like the FAMU section, the Tennessee State section, the the Alabama State, you know, whoever, the Texas Southern, like if everybody had like tickets that they were responsible for selling, like a section. So just imagine that. If all the schools in the MEAC and all the schools in the SWAC were responsible for one section in the lower bowl, not even necessarily the mezzanine or the upper level, just the lower bowl. If everybody was responsible for a section, just imagine how awesome and what a, a real HBCU experience you would have. I mean, this stuff's not, this stuff's not, not, not rocket science, not brain science, brain surgery. It's not. These are things that I sit around all the time and think about. How can I solve this problem? How can this problem be solved? And, you know, some people might say, ah, oh, that would never work. Well, try it. You never know. You might even you might even want to sprinkle in some of the 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 schools that are right here in the state of Georgia, Alabama, the, the Division Two SIAC schools. Get them to sell some tickets. I mean, I think 
it's only right that the MIAC and SWAC be responsible. But, you know, if you want to do add another element, go for it. But it's not hard. This should be the classic of all classics. I know it's a national championship game. I know it's on the, the ESPN deck, ABC. I get it. But we need to show them the, what, the beauty of what the HBCU experience is all about. Like we need to show them like it's a black college family reunion. Can I get an amen? Do you, do you feel me? You know, I'm not trying to just stay on my soapbox, but I'm just saying. If every school could be represented at a game where, you know, it's a, the conference is SWAC versus me. If every school could be represented, just imagine, you know, fam, you because they travel. It's so many people from FAMU right here in Atlanta, they'd probably be able to take up two sections. But just think if you just, when the cameras pan around and then you see all the different schools represent all the colors, like you see the black and gold or you see the purple and gold or you, you see um, uh, blue and white or you see the, the the orange and green and then you see whoever, you know, uh, the, the, the people that, that are there representing their school, their respective schools that are competing in the game. And then you, you start looking around and you see all these other colors. Like, just think about how great that would be. Just and, and and if you weren't a part of the HBCU movement or you don't have any experience in the experience, then I'm not talking to you because you really don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've been part of the experience, you know exactly what I'm saying. You know, there are a lot of people didn't even know, like the diehard, like tailgate, bandhead, uh, HBCU fan, like uh, they a lot of folks didn't even really know about the game until last season, which was the second year of the celebration bowl. And, you know, again, we have to be inclusive because that's what makes HBCU so special. And with that being said, I'll step off my soapbox just for a moment. Just to remind you that this is the HBCU Report, and I am Rob Calloway, and the show is being heard live via TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now the Two Live Stews Radio Network. You can download the HBCU Report on demand via Google Play for Android and also iTunes. We're powered by our content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Log on to SportsNewsAndBrews.com right now. Well, maybe not right now. But when we're not here, we're there. And there is sportsnewsandbrews.com. Oh, man, it's good to be back in the saddle. Man, can't believe it. Anyway, a lot of things going on. And before we jump back into this HBCU conversation, I just want to let everybody know. Had a great time a couple weeks ago. Of course, this weekend, let me just back up. This weekend, we have a big fight going down, uh, Triple G taking on Canelo Alvarez in Las Vegas. And I know this has absolutely nothing to do with HBCU sports, but I just got to mention it. Uh, for all my real boxing heads out there, uh, this is the fight. This is it. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mayweather and uh, McGregor. And, you know, I just happened to be on hand for that. Uh, big shouts out to the Gary group uh, for making that happen for me. But I had the opportunity to be out there for that spectacle. And that's just what it was. But um, this weekend, this is going to be tonight to be exact. This is going to be a great fight. 
I mean, a great fight. I do these radio hits um, up in Seattle on Thursdays, uh, Z Twins Radio with uh, KB and JB on Game Time Radio. And let me tell you something. They have Triple G. Everybody that's a part of their show, the producers and the two hosts, have Triple G winning this thing. I'm going with I'm going with Canelo. I'm going with Canelo. And if you listen to the show right now, you can uh, hit me up via social media. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rob Calloway three R O B C A L L O W A Y the number three. Or you can follow the show at HBCU Report. Not really on Facebook with the show. Been kind of lazy with that, but definitely on Twitter, Instagram. You want to follow us? Uh, you want to tell me that I'm wrong? If you're a boxing fan, now you got to be a real boxing fan. See, this this not that typical Floyd Mayweather, you know, versus a Hispanic type crap where all the black folks just go go with Floyd. Like, this is a real fight right here. Yes, sir. It's going down tonight. Anyway, my boy. Jay Walker of ESPN. For those of you that are just tuning into this show, Jay Walker of ESPN does a lot of the uh, HBCU games. Good friend of the show. And he has this thing called Gimme Five for all of you that are familiar with him. Gimme Five. And then he gives you his list of five things. So my boy, Jay, who is arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in HBCU sports out of Howard University. Shouts out to him. And shouts out to uh, young Newton, by the way, that was something big that happened, you know, a couple weeks ago, that, that, that thing, that, that Howard thing, that was, that was something else versus UNLV. But anyway, Jay always has to dip his nose into the marching band biz. And for those of you that don't know about Rob Calloway, Rob Calloway is the marching band aficionado. He's in the marching band at the great Southwest DeKalb University, well, Southwest DeKalb High School, Decatur, Georgia, stand-up Panthers. Member of the Mighty Marching Hornets, the Miracle Band of Alabama State University. Yeah, 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 state. And I take it personal, and not just me, but all the band heads around the world. Yeah, I said around the world. Yeah, we all take this stuff personal. So my boy Jay Walker, and you can follow him on Twitter at uh, J Skywalker. I think that's it. Gave the world his preliminary gimme five marching band poll. And my band folks are hot. Oh my God. Social media was a buzz this week. Really yesterday. Oh my God. Folks were losing their mind. And you might lose your mind too if you're a band head. Or if you went to a university and you think your band was great. But checking in at, at number five, the Florida AM incomparable marching 100. Number five. Well, here's the thing about that. You know, since that whole hazing thing happened at FAMU, they haven't really been visible in my neck of the woods. At once, once upon a time ago, Atlanta was FAMU's playground. You know, they'd be in the Atlanta football classic or the uh, Heritage Bowl back in the day, uh, every year it seemed like. But so I haven't really seen them. So if they say number five, you know, FAMU holds a special place in my heart, even though I didn't go there. I thought I was going there. But but FAMU is always number one in my heart. But Jay has a number five. Okay. 
But see, here's where things get kind of cloudy because there's no way in hell. I'm sorry, Jay. You are my boy. But there's no way that you're ever going to rank uh, Grambling's world fame marching tigers over the fam you marching 100, or over anybody for that matter. I'm sorry, dude. They have, they have bass drums and wheelbarrows. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then at number three, I can go for this, the Jackson State signing boom of the South. As much as I'm not really a fan of Jackson State, I love the band. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think they do a great job with what they do. They love to dance, but they do a good job. Checking in at number two on, on Jay Walker's Gimme Five, the Bethune Cookman Marching Wildcats. Another really good band. I, yeah, I like that. I like them. And, and he said one thing during his commentary. He was like that Bethune Cookman is now the, um, the, the reigning band champion in the state of Florida. And I can go for that because there was – when that whole hazing thing surfaced and all that stuff a couple years ago, there was a changing of the guards, if you will. And then at number one, a band that, you know, again, I can't argue with this because year in and year out, I mean, their perfection is their name. Sound is their game. They do the same half. Have you seen Southern University four time, four years? Or have you seen them four or five times? Yeah, that's what you're going to get on the field every time. But, you know, again, it's all about precision and sound. And so he has them checking in at number one. So shouts out to them. Can't argue with that. But then he had two honorable mentions. The first honorable mention was uh, the Alabama State University Mighty Marching Hornets and Miles College. I like Miles College band. They, they're on the come up. Uh, damn shame they're in the SIAC, though. So they don't really get to see the competition that, that schools like the SWAC schools get to see. Yeah, and I'm a real band here for those of you just tuning in. But I'm going to get off of this. But um, anyway, shouts out to Jay Walker. He'll be joining the show a couple times this season as um, we get you ready for the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. And he'll also be on hand for the Magic City Classic. So uh, in a couple weeks when we do our Magic City Classic uh, preview, the big extravaganza, as I call it, uh, Jay Walker would definitely be uh, be a part of the show. A um, couple other things before we uh, go to break and uh, come back and, and get into the thick of things. A uh, couple other uh, news and notes since we last joined you. Uh, my boy, Tariq Cohen, out of North Carolina A&T University, was selected with the 119th pick in the NFL draft by the Chicago Bears. And uh, in his first game, last week versus the Falcons, he racked up 159 all-purpose yards and a touchdown in the Bears' 23-17 loss to the Falcons. Uh, Last season, we had the opportunity uh, to speak with Tariq. And and coming up on the other side, for all of our new listeners and those of you that might have missed the interview that we had with him last year, we're going to replay about six or seven minutes uh, of that interview uh, just so you can get familiar with this guy. You know, and familiar is the is the word. Familiarity is the word. That that's the word for the day, because that's what I need everybody to do with this young man. Become familiar, have some familiarity with this young man, because I I definitely think that he's going to be the next. I was going to say big thing, but he's a little guy, but he's going to be the next it guy. 
I'll say that. And shouts out to the Bears for taking a chance on, on Tariq Cohen. And, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, historically, when you go back, um, the, the last great running back that the, that black college football really had, in my opinion, on the level of a Tariq Cohen was Walter Payton. And, of course, everybody knows what Walter Payton uh, did all of his wonderful things in Chicago, Soldier Field, same stadium. Please believe. So coming up on the other side, uh, we will uh, replay uh, our interview with Tariq Cohen from last season uh, right here on the HBCU Report being heard live via TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now the Two Live Studios Radio Network. Uh, you can download the HBCU Report on demand via Google Play for Android and also iTunes. We're powered by our content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. When we're not here, we're there, and there is sportsnewsandbrews.com. Follow the HBCU Report on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook at HBCU Report. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, Be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. The HBCU experience lives here. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard live via TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now the Two Live Stews Radio Network. You can download the HBCU Report on demand via Google Play for Android and iTunes. We're powered by our content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Log on to sportsnewsandbrews.com right now. And as I mentioned before we went to break, we had the opportunity of catching up with Tariq Cohen last season uh, during his final year there at North Carolina A&T. And uh, as we get familiar, well, as you guys get familiar with Tariq Cohen as he lays his own uh, groundwork there in the NFL, I just want you guys to, to get a few minutes of, of what Tariq Cohen is really all about. Uh, again, this interview was from uh, last season uh, prior to the NFL draft. First of all, Tariq, thank you for joining us on the HBCU Report. How you doing? Thank you for having me. All right, great, man. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, first off, I got to congratulate you on all your success. Uh, you've been racking up honors and awards since your freshman year, and now you're the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. How does it feel? Uh, it feels great. It's like uh, kind of putting the cherry on top of my career here at ANT, and it just like uh, goes to show that all the hard work that's been put in during the offseason has uh, paid off. 
Now, growing up in Barnes, North Carolina, uh, did you ever envision having this much success and everything that comes along with it? Uh, no, I never thought about this part. Like, growing up, you know, everybody wants to make it to the NFL. They never think about, like, the journey to the NFL. I just thought about being in the NFL and being a, a good player in the NFL. But I never uh, could have imagined about the notoriety that I have when I'm only in college. So uh, how old are you, Tariq? I turned 21 in July. Oh, my God. Only to be 21 again. Uh, so that means you're, you're definitely way too young to have ever seen Walter Payton play football. But I know you've seen highlights, right? Oh, of course. So what are your thoughts on having your name mentioned in the same conversation as Walter Payton as possibly the greatest HBCU running back ever? Uh, it, it, first of all, it's, it's just an honor to be recognized as one of, one of the top players and to be among great running backs, uh, sort of likes of itself. And also, it makes me optimistic because of the great career he had, not only not only in college and in black football, black college football, but in, in the NFL. And it just gives me great hope that I can do well in the NFL also. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Tariq Cohen. He is the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history, uh, North Carolina A&T running back. Uh, they're in action today, 1 o'clock, versus um, Howard University. It is Howard's homecoming, or GHO, as they call it, the greatest homecoming on earth. Uh, never been there, but that's what they say. Uh, now, who are some of the current running backs, Tariq, uh, that you look up to today that, that you've actually tried to emulate? Uh, the, the 60 backs, such as like uh, Jamal Charles, you know, uh, LaShawn McCoy, one of my favorites. And then I also like uh, a couple power backs because I like uh, like delivering both to the uh, defensive players because they don't think at my stature that I can do that. So uh, for the likes of LeGarrette Blunt, I like the, his style of play and uh, Marshawn Lynch. Now I just want to get your opinion on something. Now I tell high school students all the time that because of social media, if you're good, the NFL and scouts will find you even at the HBCU level. Do you agree? Uh, most definitely, because uh, such as uh, Javon Hargrave, I see that he's he became the first rookie starter for the Steelers defense Absolutely. in like tw- uh, 20 years, I think. And that, and I uh, me and him was roommates when when we uh, got the award for offensive and defensive uh, player of the year in black college football, and just like getting to know him how cool he was even though we went against each other and we was on we was enemies at one point just seeing him do good makes me feel good about myself and about how, how i can become an impact player in nfl too now i don't know if they told you but uh this show actually broadcasts from atlanta so you know i've had the opportunity of seeing you on several occasions here at the georgia dome how uh, most recently uh in last year's celebration bowl where your team won the hbcu national championship how was the experience of playing in a game of that magnitude and playing before a national audience on ESPN? Uh, it was great. Not, not only for myself, but for the school. It got us uh, great notoriety. People really starting to know who Auntie is from, like, not just North Carolina, from all over. Because I, uh, our, like, uh, app student applications coming in, incoming freshmen was the highest it's ever been. And they said it's even going to be higher next year. Wow, that's major, man. That, that's major. Now, speaking of major, uh, you had the opportunity of meeting President Barack Obama last week when he was on campus for his town hall meeting put on by theundefeated.com and ESPN. What was it like to be up close and personal with President Obama? Uh, it, was a, it was a surreal moment because never in my life I thought I would meet the president, meet the person who's, who's like basically at the top of the, the free world. And just to be in the same room with him and see him like in, in person, I kind of didn't believe it. I really was. Checking to see if it was a hologram, see if it was really him. But <laughs> it was, it was kind of crazy seeing Barack Obama in, in person. All right. He is the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. And I, I read something this week that said to stop referring to him as the best back in HBCU football and put some respect on his name 
as Birdman would say, has the best bet in the nation. He is three coin. Uh, thank you, homie. And uh, good luck in today's matchup versus Howard. And we'll be talking to you sometime soon, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Great stuff right there. That young man definitely has a bright future ahead of him. This is the HBCU Report, and I am Rob Calloway. We're being heard live via TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Big shouts out to the legends, Doug and Ryan Stewart. You can now download the HBCU Report on demand via Google Play for Android and iTunes. And uh, we caught up with Tariq Cohen last season uh, during his uh, final campaign there at North Carolina A&T when he uh, was just tearing up the record books. Of course, the dude has done some outstanding things or did some outstanding things uh, while at A&T. And uh, just want you to, while you get familiar with this show, I want you to get familiar with Tariq Cohen. He had an outstanding performance in his NFL debut last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, over 100 all-purpose yards, including a touchdown. And I just expect a lot of great things out of that young man. So uh, shouts out to uh, North Carolina A&T, Rod Broadway, head football coach of those Aggies. Saw coach on ESPN. I saw you, coach. Big shouts out to you. Always a, a, a great thing when HBCU program uh, gets a plug on the national stage. Uh, coming up... How uh, we are set to talk with Reggie Barlow. Who is Reggie Barlow? Come on, man. You better act like you know. Former Bama State University head football coach, now up in Virginia State, doing his thing with the Virginia State University Trojans. They have amassed a record of 11-2 going back to last season. Currently 2-0 on the season this year in CIAA action, including a, um, a, a victory over a FCS opponent, MEAC opponent, in Norfolk State to kick off the season. And so uh, we will talk with Reggie Barlow and see what's going on up in Virginia. Coming up after this break, don't forget we are powered by our content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Log on to SportsNewsAndBrews.com right now. Reggie Barlow's up next right here on the HBCU Report. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. From Clark, Atlanta to Morehouse to Spelman. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Reggie Barlow. He is the head football coach of the Virginia State University Trojans. The Tro- Trojans currently 2-0 and on the season, entering this bye week. Uh, first of all, Reggie, welcome back to the HBCU Report. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Rob. Not a, pro- not a problem, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, now... 
Let's uh, talk a little bit about this uh, Virginia State Trojan football that you that you got going on down there, man. Uh, last season, uh, you guys went nine and two, five and two in the uh, CIAA. Uh, I would have to say that your signature win came in the season finale with a 45-35 victory over uh, Willie Slater's Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Uh, so take us back to, to last season and how special was it uh, for you to be able to get uh, things going uh, in that direction so quickly? Yeah, last season was a fun season for us. Uh, I tell you, I was really blessed to um, to have acquired uh, some really mature young men that had been in the program for a while, uh, had been through a coaching change or two, and uh, really was just looking for somebody to get in there and lead them. And uh, our coaching staff, uh, our coordinators did a good job of uh, getting the information and the scheme to the guys and we gave them a process to get on the mindset of what we wanted our team to be, and uh, they all fell in line with that. Absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, uh, you end the season w- with the uh, CI uh, with the SIAC victory over uh, Tuskegee, as I mentioned, and then you open the season this year uh, with the victory over a MEAC opponent in Norfolk State, a fourteen ten victory uh, to, to kick the season off. Uh, how was that victory? Uh, how, how did that help you guys, um, I guess, if you would, uh, get things going this season? Yeah, this uh, classic, the Labor Day classic between uh, Virginia State and Norfolk State is something that had been going on forever. And uh, there was about a five-year hiatus where it didn't take place. So our fans and their fans, our alum, everybody was really excited about it. And obviously many of our student-athletes play against uh, or played against those guys in high school. So it was a fun game to be a part of. Um, I thought our coaches did a great job of preparing our guys. Uh, our student-athletes were really dialed in uh, and focused throughout camp, knowing that uh, we was going to have to you know, shoot our best uh, to have an opportunity to win that game. And the guys went out and played hard. It was a, a rainy day, uh, but uh, we, we, we made some mistakes. But all in all, the guys played good and got the victory for us. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with Reggie Barlow, head football coach of the Virginia State University Trojans. Uh, the Trojans currently 2-0 and on the season uh, by week this week. Uh, last week, uh, you guys uh, racked up a 44-6 win over Johnson C. Smith, a game that saw Trenton Cannon rush for 152 yards of the team's 346 yards on the ground. Uh, walk us through that win, Coach. Yeah, well, that was a good game, Um our offense, uh, we knew we wanted to establish the run, run the ball on that team. Uh, coach Carney, our coordinator, and uh, our offensive line coach, those guys got together and put a real good game plan together. And uh, we were able to do some good stuff. Uh, when you have a guy like Trent Cannon on your team, this guy's an explosive running back. Uh, he can run for power and speed inside or outside, uh, catches the ball well, and uh, He's a solid player, so we got the ball to him amongst some of our other running backs and uh, was able to do the job. And our defense uh, stepped up and played really well for us, only gave up six points, I think, and uh, was just solid uh, throughout the entire game. And uh, when your defense is playing well, you're going to have an opportunity to win. Now, <clears throat> as I mentioned, this is a bye week for you guys, uh, but but coming up next week, uh, you're going to see that uh, CIAA powerhouse in um, Winston-Salem, a team that, that you got to know very well uh, last season. 
Uh, so this week, uh, with it being an off week, uh, I'm sure you guys have been doing what, uh, uh, what getting healthy and doing some things in preparation for next week. Yeah, we um, especially for guys like Trent Cannon to give him an opportunity to kind of not take hits and and, and get himself back refreshing. Um, Winston Salem, uh, they really took us to the woodshed last year. They were. Uh, they they were more physical than us. They played faster than us. They were better coached than us, just all the way around. And uh, they're the barometer uh, for our conference. They 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 they've won a lot. and They've done it the right way. So uh, whenever you want an opportunity to be the best or see how you measure up, you gotta do it against the best. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing how our guys go out and perform against a well coached and uh, very athletic Winston Salem team. Well, now that you you have your feet firmly planted up there in the uh, the CIAA, uh, of course you are a SWAT guy, being a Alabama State University alum, uh, former head coach of the Alabama State Hornets. Uh, now that that you that you see this thing, uh, you know through through both sides, um, what's the difference? What's the biggest difference in your opinion between the style of play? Uh, that that you know that you come to know in the SWAC versus uh, what you do now in the CIAA. Well, I think um, uh, from a physicality standpoint, these guys are just as physical as uh, guys were in the SWAC. I mean, there are more teams in the CIAA that are willing to run it and stick with the run, and um, whether it's inside, outside zone stuff, they still are willing to stick with it and. Obviously, in the swag, uh, the ball get thrown around a lot. Not as much as it used to, but uh, teams in the swag really like to throw it around. And offenses have changed so much these days with uh, the long, the the short, the long run. I call it with throwing bubble screens and that type of stuff. So um, both are good brands of football. Uh, they're really good coaches in the CIAA. I, Obviously, there are some great coaches in the um, in the SWAC conference, but um, there are some guys that I know on our team now at Virginia State. They very well could have played for me at Alabama State, and I'm sure there's a, a similar across the entire conference. Now, I'm glad you brought up that coaching thing. You know, the number of coaches in the CIAA. Because let me let me tell you this, bro. Because you know, you know, I make no secret. I, I have a little Alabama State bias in my blood. And, you know, <clears throat> I talked to you, I think, before your very first game there at, at Virginia State last year. And, um, you know, I go to the website every week. You know, you all go on this three-game win streak to open the season, then you lose one, then you go on another streak, then you lose one, then you go on another streak. And every week I'm looking at the website, I'm like, I know I know my man going to be coach of the – I know he's going to be coach of the week this week. I know he's going to be coach of the week this week. And, dude, it was almost like they were hazing you, man. Like – yeah, for yeah. some for some reason you never got that honor, but to start the season off this year, uh, you definitely were the uh, the CIAA coach of the week. So we definitely want to tell you uh, congratulations on that because uh, that's something that's that's long overdue, but long overdue. Yeah, we appreciate that, and uh, we get it. I mean, obviously, like I said, there are other coaches that do a good job for their teams, and uh, whenever we're recognized, it's more for me as a team award and just shows what type of people we have in our program and type of coaches we have and type of student athletes. So uh, we're grateful. We're grateful to get it. And uh, one day we'll be able to celebrate all that stuff. 
Absolutely. Now, let me ask you uh, about some some other stuff uh, away from Virginia State, but just some football stuff. Um, having you know, having played football at every level, uh, part ball, high school, college, the the highest level at the National Football League. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of things are, are still being said from a health perspective. Um, you know, what are some of the things that that you find coaches doing nowadays? Um, to to protect the kids a little bit more from from concussions more so than than you know other injuries other you know uh, bumps and bruises uh, than were taken when when you were actually a, a collegiate or a, a professional player. Well, right now, I mean, obviously, going in camp, you have these acclimation days where you know guys are allowed to get their bodies acclimated before they go full gear. Uh, I think that's helpful. Uh, every student athlete is required to take a baseline concussion test to kind of get a, an idea of where the guy is before the season, and then if he was to have a concussion, um, they could compare those records. So I think that's good. Uh, that's a start. I mean, this game is a physical game, and uh, I think teaching guys how to tackle and not to really hit with your head and all that stuff. I think in the long run that'll help. And, of course, uh, new uh, equipment, better equipment. I mean, we just got some new helmets in. And, I mean, these helmets are, man, they're they're, they're a little different than anything that I ever wore. But uh, I think people are trying. Um, People are trying to do everything they can to help. But, I mean, the game is just a fast-paced collision sport. And, uh, unfortunately, Depending on, I mean, depending on the guy. I mean, I've had my share of concussions uh, uh, in college and the NFL, about five of them. So, uh, I mean, you're you're most acceptable to have them once you get one. But uh, I think all college leagues, NFL leagues, I think everybody's trying. But uh, it's just one of those deals when you got guys running that fast and they're that big and hitting each other. It's uh, it's a little rough. So are you saying you had five concussions total between Bama State and the NFL? Oh, no. I have <laughs> probably five or more. I know I had like five in the NFL, maybe three uh, that's like righteously documented where I came out of the game and couldn't go back in. Like that's on paper. But uh, I mean, obviously there were other times you, you feel a little foggy. You feel a little, uh, I don't feel too good. But uh, I don't know. You find a way to stay in there or, um, you know, just work through it. But I'm saying now, okay, now, now, now you, you did a lot of special teams work. Like, dude, how are you, how are you able to be foggy, you know, and be back there trying to, re- trying to receive, you know, punts and stuff like that? How, how does that work? Yeah, I think uh, it's, 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 uh, it's focus. It's the, the word focus is when concentration meets clarity at a specific goal that you're trying to achieve so my goal my what i had to achieve was catching a punt so it was clear your head for this however long it's gonna last focus in on catching the ball and then uh once we're done with that we'll go and see how we can get better but i mean i'm not the only one i mean guys play in that league i've I've seen many guys dinged up uh almost you know, almost going to the ground because they, you know, the equilibrium is off, but still play. I mean, it's just, I don't know. We've always been kind of taught to be, I hate to say barbaric, but you know, taught to just play through it. And 
and you know you play with pain and you figure out and we'll take care of it afterwards so um unfortunately um you know that's probably not the best way to do it and there's a lot of people that suffer from it at this point I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with Reggie Barlow, head football coach of the Virginia State University Trojans. The Trojans currently 2-0. and uh, By week this week, uh, as they prepare for next week's matchup against the CIAA powerhouse Winston-Salem State University. Now, uh, you, you mentioned that, that there are some, some guys that you played with that are, you know, that, that are actually, uh, well, I guess what, um, Injured as a result of, of some of the, 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 the fast play that happens in the National Football League. But how many people do you do you do you know, like for sure? And I you know I don't need any names, but like people that, that are suffering from like this this whole concussion thing, like the long term effects of being concussed. Yeah, I mean I it's hard to put a number on it. I think many of the guys that I talk to that I played with um, guys that are from Montgomery that played in the NFL. Um, I mean, these guys are all, I mean, include myself, are suffering from um, that time uh, of playing ball. And, I mean, obviously we all would go back and do it again because we love the game. But, um, I mean, whether it's irritability, um, mood, I mean, there's a lot has changed. And, I mean, obviously it's, it's something that I've, I'm learning to accept and deal with in my own way. But um, uh, my people, um, I mean, if you talk with them and people that have known me since I've played and since I've been done, uh, they all can speak on uh, Coach Barlow is probably not the same. But uh, it is what it is. Like I said, that was a great time in my life playing ball and playing with the guys that I played with. And um, you just have to take it and, Learn from it. I got a son now that don't play football, thank God. So, uh, But I coach football, and I try to make sure I talk to our guys about when you feel something and you're not feeling quite right. You know, it's not – it's you're not you're not any tougher by not saying anything. So uh, just trying to help others with it. Absolutely. But, but, and it's funny you brought up your son. Uh, it, but if, if he did want to play football, knowing what you know now, would, would you let him play? I mean, I would. Uh, I would let him play and let him experience. I mean, he played little league football and uh, was really good at it. I mean, he was really good at it. But I mean, my son is a, a is a little sarcastic little guy, and he said to me plenty of times like that. Why would I want to play football when I see you can't remember things and I've seen you? So well, yeah. he's like, uh, he's throwing it back on me. So, uh, but I get it. I mean, if he wanted to play, then certainly we would let him play. But uh, you know, the fact that he don't play or not interested in it, um, it, it doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm good with it. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, man, now I've had you on this show. I've been doing this show now. I think, uh, I think this is the fifth year I've been doing this show. And, and, you know, we've had, we've had some real conversations about some real stuff about, you know, football, about Bama state, about, you know, everything. Um, dude, I, I, I read a story and I'm not sure where I read it. Um, it was around the, it was around the time of the NFL draft, but, but I had never heard this before. And maybe, uh, you can, you can enlighten me and, and the listening audience, but I, I read somewhere, uh, you wrote this uh, thing about, uh, when you got drafted, 
how like while you were away, I, I guess while you were away at the visitor at the draft or whatever, like <laughs> you came back and your mom's house got, had gotten broken into because folks thought you had something. <laughs> Is that that's oh, true, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's real true. See, I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, and no shame to my neighborhood. I grew up in this neighborhood called Ridgecrest, and uh, I tell you, Rob, we never had cable TV until the week of the draft. I'm talking about ever in life. I'd never watched cable TV unless I was at somebody's house. And uh, so, I mean, we didn't have a bunch. And uh, I got drafted on a Sunday. On a Sunday, I got drafted. And I want to say it was the next, the Tuesday after that, someone broke in our house. Like, where's my, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's a little different place over there. And then they did it maybe two weeks after that and uh we were blessed to be able to get my mom and move her out from over in that area but uh there are some great people over there uh, i still spend a lot of time over there when i'm in town but uh yep it happened man they were looking for that nfl check brother that got to get <laughs> like it was gonna be one check <laughs> like it was just gonna right. be there <laughs> and and in cash and in cash <laughs> No doubt about it. He is Reggie Barlow, head football coach of the Virginia State University Trojans, currently 2-0 on the season, getting ready for a big CIAA showdown next weekend against Winston-Salem State University. Reggie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And, of course, brother, you know I wish you nothing but the best. And um, I, I guess go Trojans. You know, usually I say go Hornets. Go Trojans. Go Trojans, man. <laughs> I certainly appreciate it, Rob. Thanks a lot. It's all good, bro. Be good, man. All right, and so that'll about do it for this week's edition of the HBCU Report. I'd like to thank you guys for hanging out with us. For those of you just tuning in for the very first time via the Two Life Stews radio network, hopefully it wasn't too bad. And hopefully you'll tune in once again next week, 8 o'clock on the east, 5 o'clock on the west. The show can also be heard via TuneIn Radio, also iHeartRadio. You can download the HBCU Report on demand anytime you want via Google Play for Android and also iTunes. And remember, when we're not here, we're there. There is SportsNewsAndBrews.com, our official content partner for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Log on to SportsNewsAndBrews.com. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. 